Today, we've got a seller back on the show who was able to 10x what she did in 2021 last year. And that's thanks to using some Project X strategies, but also combining that with looking in Facebook groups for new products. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Want to check estimated sales for products you see on Amazon? Or maybe you want to instantly see how many listings on page one of a search term result have the actual searched keyword in the title. You can find all of these things out and more with the Helium 10 Chrome extension tool, X-Ray. More than 1 million people have used this tool. Find out what it can do for you by downloading it for free at h10.me forward slash X-Ray. h10.me forward slash X-Ray. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got a serious seller back with us on the show. So if you guys want to check out her full backstory about how she started on eBay and, and failed with her first product and learn from Project X and Freedom Ticket after that, make sure to go to h10.me forward slash 320. But Ksenia, it's great to have you back here. How's it going? Hi, good. How are you? Now, you were just, you know, we were, we were just talking offline um, about your recent uh, travels to Africa where you almost got, got uh, eaten by a lion. <laughs> I heard lions like Russian food uh, a lot uh, over there, but... Uh, <laughs> We'll we'll get back to that a little bit because we also talk on this show nowadays about you know like what people do in their their spare time and actually my thing is travel which is why I always you know include my intro something about travel and uh, for the videos and stuff but anyways let's first just talk about business anyways and uh, you know it was about I want to say like a, a year year and a half the last time you were on the show so catch me up how did you end 2022 I think you had given me a goal hold on i don't you probably don't remember what you told me let me look at my notes here what mel said you were um you were you had launched your first product you were looking for a second one or another one and you were looking to try and uh you know get to uh 500 or half a million dollars last year so were you able to reach that goal yes almost doubled it i think it was like 960 by the end of the year so that goal was that 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 was too conservative conservative of a goal, I guess. Wow, doubled yes. almost a million dollars for the year. All right, talk to me about it. So, like, was the the second product also in the same niche? Uh, did it did it sell more than your first product? Walk, walk me through your twenty twenty two. Yes, well, um, the, all my products are in the same niche, and I think last time when I talked to you was at the Prosper Show last year, and then I told you a story when the three PL uh, messed up the shipment. I don't know if That's you remember. Right. I, yes, yes. yes. T- right t- t- after, so, tell me about that again or tell everybody about that. Yeah. So what happened is that, uh, well, so my first product was successful. I, I found a second one. I just launched it. And that was around March when I launched the second product. And um, like a couple of weeks after I launched the second product, that was using 3PL because it, there were still issues with the storage limits. Um, and they send the wrong... So they sent my second product to the shipping plan of the first product. I don't know how they did that because it's totally different packaging. It's totally, it's not even a variation, you know, it's a different product. And, um, 
and I already had, you know, I already had another shipment ready in China for that first product. And I was like, what am I supposed to? And I, that's why I came to you and I was like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Because I have no idea. How, how did you find it out again? Like, how did you realize what had happened? They realized after they shifted, like before, I think before I got to Amazon, they emailed me. It's like, oh, I think we made a mistake. And I was like, what mistake? Okay, well, so, so that, that, that's product. kind of good. It, it, it was before it went live. Okay, and they're like, our yes. bad. And then, and then so how, how did you end up, uh, what did you end up doing? Well, I first closed all the listings because I was like, okay, let me think about it because I don't want to, you know, I don't want them to start receiving because it's not even a different color variation. It's a different product. So I was like, let me see what's happening with it. And then I started talking to different people. You know, I talked to you and that was like a week after that happened. And I talked to other people and nobody knew exactly what Amazon was going to do because it's not like it happens often. And so I just decided to remove all the um, the first product from Amazon and decided to remove, I think it was around a thousand units. Because I wasn't sure if they're just gonna relabel it and send the wrong so so products, all the or... first product and the second product you had to remove because you didn't. No, I knew that they shipped second product for the shipment plan of the first product, so I knew that the second product is fine; it's not messed up. But the first one was so, and I didn't know what Amazon is gonna do with it. I didn't ah, know if they're okay, gonna relabel okay. it or if they're just gonna. And what ended up happening is that when I removed everything, because I removed some to my house, so I removed some to 3PL, and it de- it was dependent on a warehouse. So some of them treated it, so scanned it right and put it on the right shelf, but then some boxes I received when they relabeled it. So on one product, there was a, a fun skew of another product. So they relabel it the wrong way. So it wouldn't been a mess if I wouldn't remove it all. I'm glad I did it. Mm-hmm. And at that point, how much how much was that first how much was that first one selling that that one like per day that you had to stop it? Uh, I think it was doing forty thousand a month. So what was it? Like so. So basically, day? every day you're losing over a thousand dollars because of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. But- and I already had a shipment in China, a little being inspected that week. For that first product and i was like well how am i supposed to be shipping it now because i have to remove everything so i ended up creating the new listing but then i merged them i did it as a variation so i don't lose the reviews but so at the same time when i'm removing the first one i already like relaunched under a new listing with the new shipment that i got from china so and i was told this and you know me yeah having the first success with second product and being so happy and there's this huge thing comes in that literally like stops everything so then how long did it take for everything to get like all right you 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 took out the uh, you you sent back the inventory they 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 checked one by one relabeled it got it back to amazon like how long from the time that you realized this problem had happened to now product one and product two are back in Amazon and everything is is going again. I think three to four months, probably. From oh what my I goodness! Wow. Yeah, that took a long well, time. Well, because they don't re- they don't remove it by batches. They remove it, you know, by sometimes they would get one unit in a box. Sometimes they would get two units in a box. Yeah. So, and then the PPL ended up even chart. They like they didn't want to redo it for free. They were like, "Well, we're gonna have to charge you because we get like." 2000 boxes here you know or more in that or whatever it's like we're gonna have to charge you i hope you fought that right since it was their 
well, problem yes, in the did. first place? I did. It was, it was so stressful. It, it lasted with them. I've been discussing, you know, I was talking to an owner for, for a long time because I was like, guys, you did this. You know how much money I lost because of you? So, and then you want me to pay more? And they, what their point was, they wanted me just to wait. They're like, oh, just wait until we remove everything and then you can start selling. I was like, it's going to take four, three or four months for me to wait. I can't wait. I need to do a new listing and relaunch with, you know, the same boxes, but under a different listing. So, so basically what you did was that one SKU, you kind of had to permanently or not permanently, but at least a hundred percent close since you never know how many were still left. And then you started another SKU for the same listing, uh, so that it would yeah. had a different, so that it had a different FN SKU, right? Yes, and I merged them, so I would have the reviews. So that way, it will technically it's a different SKU. Oh, so, so you you actually still, made a new ASIN, not just a new SKU. Yeah, so I made a new ASIN, and I made them as variations. Like I put it in like a size variation, so that way it still keeps all the reviews. Mm-hmm. And now actually. Because then I had another issue with the same product. And now I'm actually using the first listing for the actual variation. So I'm still keeping all the reviews. Okay, interesting. Because I think another option for people who something like that might happen is, you know, you, you, di- you know what you did was right. You closed the listing because, you know, you don't want any of the, you know, you don't know which one was contaminated units or, or units that, that had the wrong sticker on it. But another thing that somebody could do is under the same ASIN, just create a new SKU um, and then send an inventory because when you create a new SKU, it, it creates a mm. new FN SKU. Um, and then you don't have to worry about merging or you know reviews or anything like that. And then you also don't have to worry about uh, you know ones of that original um, you know FN SKU getting out, right? you know, th- theoretically speaking. Uh, but, but the way you did it is probably a little bit safer, but just a little bit harder. So Three, four months, were you able to regain that momentum on the first product or being out of stock for so long and having the listing closed? Did, did you lose ground to competitors or what happened? Oh, I never used that that listing from, from the, the one I had to close. Since I started selling a couple of weeks after it happened under a new ASIN, I was still fine because I still didn't have too much competition. And when I started, I was the second person selling that product. And by the time it happened, I was still like, I was still the second, still nobody showed up. A couple of months later, though, I got a lot of Chinese sellers that copied exactly what I was selling. But at that point, it was fine. So, Okay. Now, how was it that you were able to pretty much like 4x what you did the previous year and even double your uh, original goal like which product took off so well that exceeded your expectation was it that first one or was it the second one or did you launch a third one uh well in total right now i have four products with variations so it's eight SKUs in total but one I actually launched this year so i ended up last year with six SKUs. um it was the second product that took off more uh, but also what happened when I launched a second product and after I had to relaunch the first product, I got a bunch of uh, the Chinese copycats that covered exactly the same of my first product. And, you know, they just dropped the price. And so I started losing a lot of sales because of that. So I had to redesign it. I had to redesign the first product. That way it's a bit different. And uh, I was able to file uh, the design patent 
on both of uh, both of those products. So I still I I, I don't know how long it's going to take to get it, but I file it that way that. So so did you put patent pending on the listing? Yes, yes, I did. It didn't stop though some people because mm. on my second product that ended up being like the best seller of all my products by the end of the year or like by the beginning of yeah end of the summer i would say i got like two or three people who copied exactly the same the product even the pictures and i think they just copied my listing like the bullet points and everything so uh, the first time i was able to remove them because i copyright the listing so Amazon removed them the first time. But then the second time they relaunched a couple of months later, they were a little smarter. So they just rephrased my listing. They didn't hmm. copy it word to word. So they rephrased it a little bit. So now I can't do anything about them. They're still there. And until I get a patent, I can't remove yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. Now, how much did you pay for the, the you, said, you said it's two different patents you got or just one? Yeah, two. Did did you use uh, Rich Goldstein, or you found you had somebody else that you used for that? No, I had somebody else. Um, my husband is a lawyer, actually, and he uh, recommended me an IP lawyer uh, nice. that he knew. So, um, yeah, so we kind of knew him. Um, I think the first one, the first one I did, um, it actually had to do it before I launched the second product. So I was kind of a guess. I was hoping that it will be the, the, the main seller because you're not allowed to file a patent if uh, the product is already launched. So when I reached out to the lawyer, I'm glad. Like it was already on Amazon, but I haven't started selling it yet. And they told me, do not start selling it because you're not allowed to until you file a patent. So hmm. uh, I think the first patent was around... Um, I would say like 7,000 probably, seven or eight, because they had to do a search because the, the first product that they yeah. did, it was um, it was a bit like not too unique, I would say, design. So they wanted to make sure that it's mm. it will go through. So they had to pay an agency a couple of thousand for, uh, for the search to make sure that there are no pro- – I knew there are no products like that with exact same design, but they just wanted to make sure for them, you know, that. But then the way you calculated it was like, hey, yeah, this is expensive, $7,000, but you know, you're going to make that up in more sales once you're able to kick those other sellers off. Is that is that kind of like why you were okay with paying that much money? Yeah, well, because I already learned on my first product that three or four months later, after I start selling and the Chinese copycats, they see that there, is, there are sales, you know, and they're going to show up with a price that almost, you know, 30, 40% less than I'm selling. So that's why I had to redesign the first product because that would happen because there's at the same time, there's like five sellers came in with exactly the same product as I was selling. Yeah, that's why I, I, I lost a lot of sales because of them. So and I learned that, okay, before I launch a second product, I need to go and apply for a patent. And I knew that it's probably not going to stop some people. You know, it's not going to stop a lot of people. There's still going to be some copycats, but it weren't as many as with the first product because I put the patent pending on the listing. Okay, cool, cool. Now, what are some other good things that happen? You know, like now we've been talking about, you know, <laughs> copycat people and, and problems with your 3PL. So let's give some people some some good stories from from last year, uh, you know, some successes, something that worked out really well for you. Uh, well, what worked out is uh, going back to my favorite Facebook groups is, uh, is we talked about it where I found ideas because I use the Facebook groups and all my 
start from the first product and then to all the other product I launched, all the ideas I got from the Facebook groups. So what happened is that because it's like a, it's a community of probably 20 or 30,000 people. It's not my Facebook group. But it's a Facebook group of the people who use the, since I'm selling accessories to a product. So it's like, oh, if I'm selling like a, a case for an iPhone. So that's like an iPhone user group, for example. And I see sometimes they talk to each other. Oh, that would be so cool to have this product. And I was like, okay. And I constantly read the groups. I see what they're talking about, what they want to see. And I was like, okay. And I see like 100 people wanting the same product. And they go on Amazon. I don't see it. And then, then I go to like Etsy or something like that. And there is like a handmade version of that product. And I was like, well, I think that's a pretty good idea. Even though there were no, like with, I think with my third product, there were no exactly search terms on Amazon for that, for that exact product. But I saw people in Facebook group that wanted that product. So I kind of risked a little bit with that. And, uh, but I knew, I saw people literally asking for it. And I was like, so, okay, let's see. So like almost all your products, you, you kind of did use the Project X strategy, you know, of searching yeah, off of still, Amazon yeah. for the demand. Uh, you just kind of enhanced it further because that's not something that we did. We we didn't think about looking at Facebook groups, but but let, let, let's talk about that a little. Let, let's let's talk about somebody else. You know, you already have your strategy down, but like let's say somebody else is out there. Maybe they don't have a product yet. They don't have a niche. How would you suggest to them to find first of all Facebook groups around? different niches or do they need to pick a niche first and then try to find the Facebook groups in order to, to see the ideas? Well, I picked the niche first because I knew mm -hmm. I want to be in a certain category just because I wanted to have something that I use and I understand because I knew that I'm not going to be able to, you know, tell, oh, if this is a good product or a bad product if I don't use it or if I don't know how to use it or if I don't understand, you know, like, I don't know sports, so I'm not going to go, you know, in like sports category or something like that. So um, I found a niche first. And when I started using the project based strategies to find the first product, the, the keywords, not the product, the keywords, I, I started down with like two or three categories. And when I found it, so when I found the category, then I started going to Facebook group. So like, I would say probably try to look by the, the things that you're interested in. Because you're going to have to spend a lot of time. Like I spend a lot of time reading what people mm -hmm. say, what they think. And if you're totally not interested in that category, in that niche, you're just not going to do it. Okay, hold, hold, day, hold on, hold on a second though. Because I'm still, I'm still like, I, I mean, I used to do Facebook groups like all day, every day, 10 years ago, you know, like in search. But I, I literally, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I literally have not like looked for random facebook groups in probably 10 years so let, let's pretend it's the project x uh, i'm in the you know coffin shelf niche how do i look for facebook groups do i uh just what do i do i just use the search bar and just type in like a general theme like gothic decor and then and then yeah. use that filter for groups that but but like we'll, we'll just does does that mean the groups that come up that it has to have gothic decor in a title or or related groups will also come up in that kind of search well i would try with the like a smaller groups that like super oriented in what you're doing like if it's a coffin shop go to gothic decor and it's it might be small groups like 10 or twenty thousand people it doesn't need to be like a million 
because the smallers are usually more active. And I think what also helped me is it needs to be, you open a group and you see, is it active? Are people posting there every day? You know, Mm -hmm. there's actually stuff going on or it's just totally dead. And it also works with the things that people are very passionate about. So the product that I'm selling, the the actual product, not my accessories, but the actual product, people are like super passionate about the product. So they're constantly discussing, you know, and with, with my product, what happened is that, so I'll tell later how I launch products now, but some people just buy it and they post it on the group. So every day I open, I see people, oh, we bought this off Amazon, you know? And I'm like, cool, that's my product. So I don't even need to do anything because people are passionate about that. And especially since they wanted like a certain product for a while and then they finally got it. And then like, okay, oh, cool. We were waiting for this product for a long time. So like they keep posting and then people, people in comments start, you know, oh, where'd you get this? And they start sharing links and stuff. And So, so then how you got the idea for your product? was just from reading, like just, you know, going back and just sitting there and reading. And then people just said, hey, I wish somebody or I wish there was a product like this, but I can't find it mm-hmm. or, or so- something like that. Yep. Yes, huh. exactly. Just and like that. Are you interacting at all? Like, do, do are you making yeah. posts in there or, or like asking questions or anything like that? Or what, what are you doing? Yeah. So what I started doing, well, the first what I started doing with the second product, I, um, Again, I saw it there, what people use, and I decided to add something to my product and add a QR code so I can start building the email list. And so I have something that cost me like 50 cents and I put a QR code and I was able, not too many people, but I think I have around seven or 800 uh, subscribers right now. Uh, So what I do now when I launch is that I first do the email uh, list email, you know, when I launch a new product saying like, oh, I launched this new product and I get... I mean, maybe like I got 100 sales out of 700 subscribers on the first couple of days of when I launched the product. So that was pretty good, I think. And also what I do, I make a post in the Facebook group. So I say, oh, look what I got off Amazon. And I post a product picture, you know, of course, a good product picture showing how good the product is. And Mm -hmm. I guess I don't say that I make this product, but since I'm also a user, I also yeah. generally use this product. So well, you're not lying. I use my own products too. I use my own products too. So, so yeah, I, I make comments. And it was funny because uh, last product that I launched, when I did that post about my product in the Facebook uh-huh. group, the guy who started the main, the Facebook group and actually the CEO of the company that started the main product yeah. that I'm selling accessories to, he commented from his personal Facebook uh, uh, account that, oh, you know what? We're coming with the same product a couple of months later. You know, he was like. So he was one of your competitors. Yeah, they started selling similar products to mine. Yes. Okay. Interesting. So, So what's like, what's a big difference, you know, going like a quarter of a million to almost a million what have you had to do differently? Like, have you hired help? You know, do you have virtual assistants working for you? Are you still handling everything by yourself? You know, is your husband helping? What's going on? Still me. Just a lot more hours now. And a lot more, um, 
I guess just the feeling of responsibility is totally different because in 2021, I did a little, little bit over a hundred thousand mm-hmm. and, um, Oh wow. So, so I, I was saying almost, a quarter of a million. So you're almost 10 X no, now. It's 10 X. Yeah. Yeah. 10 X. So, um, I mean the first time when I had to place an order for inventory for like 50,000, I was like, what? <laughs> like I've never seen a 50,000 on my bank account before. Like when I need, and I needed to one time to spend that much money. It's just psychologically, I guess, hard mm-hmm. to manage that amount. That that was the hardest also because it, it started, it escalated very fast, you know, in a couple of months. It went from being like five or $10,000 yeah. to like 50 or 60 or 70. That was like, because I was scared at one point. I was like, what if something goes wrong and I would get stuck with, you know, all this yeah. $100,000 bill from the supplier. Have you started taking money out or everything that you're making, you're still putting putting back into the uh, the business? No, I started paying myself. Actually, my biggest mistake that I made last year is was with the bookkeeping because the, the beginning of the year, you know, I didn't know what's the, 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 the amount will be of the, um, how much I will sell. You know, I didn't know I'm going to end up with almost a million. So I didn't have a bookkeeper. And by the end of the year, by like November, I, okay, well, it looks like my like 700,000 by November. So I think I need to hire someone. Yeah. So the only person I had to hire is a bookkeeper that told me that uh, I'm going to end up paying a lot of taxes because I didn't have the right structure of the company because I didn't expect that I will make so much. Yeah. And you're, uh, you're profitable, uh, I'm assuming. No. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. So, so we what, start, what's, we uh, what's something mm-hmm. that you've done to reward yourself with, with your newfound uh, earnings? Did you buy yourself a car or something like that? No, no, I didn't. I don't pay myself too much. Well, went on a pretty nice vacation, I guess, in January. But rather than that, no, I'm still. I don't know. I don't. I like to travel. That's the main. The main thing we travel a lot. Like mm-hmm. we spend the whole summer in Latin America. We're still working, but still working every day, you know. But at least we can because because we both work from home, so we can travel, and that's what we do. I think that's the main thing. I don't really care about like buying cars or something like that. Okay, let's talk about that. We'll we'll get back to the Amazon strategies, but you know, I don't know how much you've been keeping up with the podcast, but maybe you've noticed this year. I always ask the guests now, "Hey, what are you doing for your, you know, mental health, physical health?" And I talk about mine. What what I do is I like traveling. That's why we always have different intros here. But sounds like your thing for you know hobbies and recreation is also travel. Would that be your like number one hobby? Would you say? Yes, that's definitely. I know my husband is always laughing at me because I usually what I do is like we're on a trip and I already start booking another one while I'm not even back from the the one that <laughs> we're on. And he's always like, "When is it gonna stop?" And I was yep. like, "I don't think it's gonna stop. <laughs> it's not gonna stop." So you no, just no, kind of no. used to that. Well, sometimes I go alone. Sometimes he wants to go. When he doesn't want to go, I go with friends or I go alone. So it doesn't really matter. Now, speaking of that trip in January. Tell us about what your life flashed before your, your eyes, uh, <laughs> thinking you're going to get eaten by Lion King. Yeah, I was just telling you that we we're on a safari and um, we got very close to a lion that apparently was very hungry because it started circling around our car and uh, licking her lips and kind of looking very like, you know, my dinner, my dinner is here. A couple of Americans here in the car. So yeah, that was uh, that was scary. But 
that's the kind of experience that you know maybe you wouldn't have had before Amazon, or maybe maybe would have happened to have you know a lot later. Uh, what what else is on the bucket list for travel for you guys? Well, I'm going to Central Asia in the next month, and I think also to I'm going to Istanbul, and I mean the the place I really want to go to it's Antarctica, but that's mm, mm-hmm. I don't know when that's going to happen. Because a you don't really have a good internet connection, and I can't, yep, yep. yeah, I can't stop working. You know, it's still I'm not I'm not going to be mentally normal. You know, when you know I can't control every day what's happening. You know, because even in Africa, you know, I still worked for several hours a day, but there, like sometimes it might be you don't have internet connection, you don't have Wi-Fi or something like that. So I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. that's a good segue to get back to Amazon. So thinking about that. You know, where you can't, you know, since like you said, you're trying to handle everything by yourself, you can't really, you know, take a day off or, or take a few days off. Um, so have you thought about that? Like, are you going to try and, you know, maybe hire somebody remotely or something like that to, to help in the future? I don't know. I mean, I, I think about it. I mean, it's kind of easy right now since I have a bookkeeper. So at least I don't need to handle that part. Um, I have a lot of freelancers, you know, and I have a pretty good list of, you know, a checklist of how I launch products, how I prepare launching products. So I do exactly the same thing every time when I have freelancers, the same people that I've worked with for like over two years right now. So the same photographer, the same editor. So I kind of know what they're going to, the result I'm going to get. So I'm sure and what's going to happen. So that makes it easier. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I guess I'm kind of used to not having days off. Like okay. normal people, you know. So, they... but, but, but I, you know, you do have freelancers and stuff. So, so that that's a start. That's a start. Um, have you seen the new Insights dashboard uh, on the Helium Ten? Um, on your Helium Ten dashboard, when you log in, like a completely new interface. No, I think I had issues with logging in because of that, because I think it was updating a couple of like a week ago or so. Okay. I couldn't log in, and then I didn't go back to it after that. Okay, so so I mean, by by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure you would have seen it. But basically, what it is is kind of like this new dashboard that everybody has access to, um, who has either the old diamond or or scale your or the new scale your business uh, plan. But what it does is it's a little bit. It's almost like a virtual assistant because it's it's bringing it's taking actions and like just giving you the results. So like you know, some people check their keyword keyword ranks every day, right? So instead of that. We're gonna let like let you know like hey this keyword dropped in organic rank hey this this product this keyword dropped in sponsor rank you know some people are monitoring their PPC like once a week instead of that you know now all of a sudden you're gonna get a message hey did you know that you know you spent uh, sixty clicks and and thirty dollars on this keyword and you didn't get any sales you know we we suggest pausing it so it's kind of like taking actions that maybe you do normally or you hire somebody to do and then we kind of do it in the background and just deliver the results so with that in mind and i know you haven't seen it yet what would be on your wish list like what is something that in helium 10 or seller central you find that you're doing daily or weekly or bi-weekly that you would like to see automated like if you could just snap your finger in and boom it's going to appear in this new insights dashboard. Can you think of anything that comes to mind that would save you a lot of time? Well, the most, I guess I struggle with is the inventory management. And I know there is a way to track it, but I don't find it very easy to use, I guess, for me. 
I don't know, because it's not, maybe I'm not putting the right data in. I don't know what's happening, but I don't see it's, don't see it as like very reliable, you know, because the sales changing month to month. So mm-hmm. I think that was, that's the, that's the there. You know, that I would well, like to get. That one's actually already there. But if you don't have it set up, like you said, if you don't have it set up right in the inventory management, then it's not going to give you the right information. Like we have different algorithms that can actually even track your seasonality. You know, if you've been selling for more than a year and then tell you like, oh, yeah, hey, you're probably going to need to order more. So you and I should schedule another call offline and then I'll show you how to um, how, how to do that. But absolutely, that that's one of the things in Insights Dashboard. What else are you doing regular? Like something you just mentioned something that, oh, man, you feel like you could do better on. But what is something that, hey, like this is just my routine. This is what I always do, either in Seller Central or, or Helium 10. Well, I mean, the PPC and I tried different, uh, I tried doing off Amazon advertising, you know, like Google ads didn't really work for me. Um, so I just do only PPC. And since I launched a lot with the email lists and the Facebook groups, that makes it easier also. Um, I, it's not about like doing daily, but I guess it's about just the way I launched and prepare for products. You know, it's a list of things I do before I launch. You know, how to send the samples, do like a photographer, mm-hmm. you know, make a list of the the instruction, how to take pictures for the photographer, because I usually send them the detailed, you know, list of how I want the pictures to be taken, what angles, because I usually do pretty detailed research about, you know, what works, what doesn't work on the in my niche. So they usually know what exactly to do when they're taking pictures for my product. Okay. Are, are you planning to launch any more soon? Yeah, I have one um, that will be launched. They're going to start manufacturing it, I think, next week. So, I mean, hopefully in like two months that would be launched. And another one I'm working on right now. What What's your current strategy that's been working for like getting to page one on your main keywords and what you're planning to do for this next product that's about to come out? Well, the first thing I, that I do is the wine reviews. That's the first thing I do. I usually give away around, I think, 30 units. That was the maximum that I could do. And I usually get about 15 reviews, 15 to 20 reviews probably from that. Uh, Then what I think works the best for me is, of course, I do BBC start from, you know, start from when I launch. But what gives the most is when I do the email list and I get sales from the day one. And usually it's a lot of sales because people start clicking on the email, you know, and they start buying. And Amazon sees it as like an outside traffic. You know, I usually, I also use the affiliate links there too. So that way I get some sale on the the fees when I do the, what, what, what about uh, Amazon attribution? I wonder well, if that oh, that's, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Or, yeah, okay, that's okay. what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, so for Amazon, it looks like, okay, well, this is this new product that's been launched today. And somehow people start buying it from day one without any reviews and it's coming from outside of Amazon. So for them, it looks like, oh, wow. You know, and the same one I do when I post the Facebook link uh, to the product in the Facebook group, I also Mm -hmm. use the Amazon, um, the Amazon attribution. Yeah. I guess. Cool. All right. Well, um, well, just like we did last time, you know, we have this the sixty second tip. So, what's a sixty second tip or strategy? Something that you haven't mentioned that you know you think that 
you're doing that's kind of unique that you think uh, other sellers should do? I mean, you, you talk a lot about unique things today, Facebook groups and email list and, and things like that. But what's something else that you haven't talked about today? Uh, well, I think I actually saw that tip here on a podcast. I think it was a couple of years ago and I started using it. It's about the, the travel hacking, the credit cards. I just, I think that a lot of people not using it and it just kind of, like, I don't understand why people are not using it because when, so last year when I had to start buying a lot of inventory, I didn't get any loans, but I had to use a lot of credit cards. And when I open the right credit card, you know, I have three times uh, points on the ad spend. I, I had to buy inventory with the credit cards because when, you know, I went from 10000 to $70,000 sales a month, I need to get money from somewhere, you know, for sales not to stop. So I had to lose a lot of credit cards. So that way I earned a lot of points. So when we went on a trip, you know, we wait, were wait, able hold, to hold buy on, hold on. Did, did, how did, um, did your suppliers accept credit card or how, how did, you know, cause most suppliers, you know, need like wire transfers, but how did you use a different service or how did you use credit card to pay for your inventory? I just had to ask them to do the Alibaba. They just had to okay, do Alibaba. through Alibaba. So I had to pay for the inventory through Alibaba, but for the, for the forwarder, I had to pay with the, uh, just the yeah. wire transfer. Okay. That makes sense. So All I right. kind of separated said, it, and that was fine. And, and then you said you got a lot of points because of that that helped you to be able to get business class. Yeah, yeah. So our trip that we went to in January, that was fully business class. And, you know, for a ticket going there, we paid like $5 and the rest was paid uh, wow. in miles, so, you know, for a United first class flight of like 16 hours or something like that. So that was solely because of the the points that I earned with, the, you know, with my business. Now, um, what's what's 2023 going to be? You know, do you have a goal of what you're going to hit? And also, are you going to launch in any other marketplaces like Walmart or Shopify or anything like that? No, I'm not planning to launch on um, new marketplaces. I think for now, I'm just going to stay on Amazon just because of product I sell. it. not really for like the Walmart type of people who shop there. It's more for Amazon. Um, my goal is what I'm really trying to work on right now is a brand. So I'm trying to add the brand story right now, the pictures, you know, I decided to eat my pictures and tell the brand story, how the brand started. So I think that that can separate me a lot from the Chinese copycats because they usually don't do that. And I think there's going to be more trust because a couple of months ago, I started recognizing that people started actually typing in the brand name on Amazon. So there started being a search that's great, you know, for the brand name. So I was like, well, that's good. That means that's where I need to go. Yeah. Because they start recognizing me in that niche. Awesome. All right. Well, Ksenia, it's been great, uh, you know, catching up with you. Um, you know, congrats on all your success. And and let's see, who knows, you know, last time you doubled what you, uh, your, your goal. So so let's see in 2024 when we bring you back on. Let's see how you're doing. And remember, guys, it all started. She learned completely, you know, from Project X and Freedom Ticket. And now, you know, she's flying business class to Africa to get eaten by lions and living living her best life. So, uh, you know, you never know what you can get from free education out there. So uh, we look forward to having you uh, on the show again and wish you the best success for the rest of this year. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.